Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families across Australia through Helpline and also she does lots of um, consults across Sydney, which is where she's based. Chris, welcome. Thank you very much. And I should explain that when I say she helps lots of families, it is in all kinds of areas. The aim of Helpline is that you can pop your questions below if you're watching us on Facebook or you can email us your questions on helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. You can even call us if you're watching us live on Facebook on one 800 All of this is a platform to help you. So it could be something to do with your baby not sleeping. Perhaps you're starting solids and you want a few tips on how to do it right. Traveling. Traveling is a big one that Chris is really great with. Yes, multiples. Actually, you name it, Chris can answer We'll have a go at it. Chris will have a go at it. I would just opine on my own experience, which is nothing professional. Uh, Really, I'm just here to commiserate with everybody Um, and to read out the questions. So let's start with one from Katie, who has a two years and nine month old. Yep. Please help. My toddler dropped her day nap about six weeks ago. Bedtime is now between 6.15 and 6.30 without the nap. For the last three weeks, she's been waking at 2 or 3 a.m. and not going back to sleep for hours. If she does go back to sleep, she is awake at 6.30 a.m. Or or she'll wake at 4 a.m. and be awake all the day. So she's Um. only getting 9 to 10 hours sleep a night. I've also got a nine-month-old who's waking twice a night, but they oh. don't. But they don't seem to wake each other. That's very convenient, isn't <laughs> They're it? They're just waking after wake each other. You yeah. up all the time, poor thing, poor Katie. Um, so my husband and I are exhausted. Yeah. She used to sleep through without an issue, but now it's like she's overtired and can't get back to sleep in the early morning. My husband either stays with her or tells her to try and go back to sleep herself. She doesn't cry. She just lays awake and continually calls out which could be just as bad. Yep, sort of. We've tried reinstating the day nap, even in the car, but she won't sleep during the day anymore. Needless to to say, she has many meltdowns from being so exhausted. What can we do? We're so lost and tired. And I go back to work in a few weeks. Oh, no. It's like a... All coming together. I actually think you're doing the right thing, Katie, because they've placed her onto one sleep which is appropriate for her age and there was probably some signs uh, sorry not one sleep on no sleep um and that would be appropriate for her age and then it hasn't gone very well so they've tried to revert and give her back a sleep in the car and actually that's what I would have said to do like give her back a quick 20 minute sleep in or around the one two o'clock window Um, in the car is quite good and I know that's not always convenient but they go into a slightly lighter sleep and therefore they don't wake up as cranky Um, and then push her bedtime out till seven and see if that works but obviously you've tried that for a little bit and still not working so I think um, does it say how long about six weeks ago so if that hasn't worked then I think what you have to do now six weeks down the track is look at the behavior around her waking Um, and even if she wakes and she's awake 
be wide awake, I would be teaching her more about the behaviour of not calling out. So she might be a child who doesn't need a lot of sleep, um, but I have a feeling you've hit the nail on the head by saying she's overtired. I would try this weekend to try and get that sleep back um, for 20 minutes to see if that makes a difference. And if that doesn't make a difference, I think we're going to have to tackle the calling out. And so what we're tackling is the calling out. So if she wants to lay in her bed and look around, and I would say that to her, I'd say, look, if you wake up at night and you're just looking around, that's okay. You know, snuggle into your teddy or whatever that favourite little toy is. And I would be trying to control the calling out. So there's no calling out. And the other thing I'd do is if it gets to the point where you have to go to her, I'd probably then just go to the door and just say to her, it's time for sleep, put your head down and go to sleep. So let's see if we can change the behaviour around it. But actually what you've done is is correct. And I would have another go at trying to get her a day's sleep of about 20 minutes back in. I have a question. Katie, I'm putting my Katie mind on. Hopefully this is something you might ask yourself or you can pop another question below your comment if you've put this on Facebook. Um, I have heard that sometimes when they don't sleep, what you need to try and try and bring into is um, quiet time. So um, is that something that if if they absolutely can't get the nap back, like reserving that time just to sit and make sure they're super quiet and calm and maybe listen to a meditation or something? Well, you'd probably find that most people would try that through their day anyway. You know, Mm -hmm. they put something quiet on. Um, Most children who have, like if you've ever tried to wrangle a three-year-old boy, that quiet time thing doesn't work so well. (laughs) might work better with a girl because they might be able to draw or do stick books or something that's quite quiet. But I don't think this will overall fix the problem because she's got herself into an overtired pattern. Mm-hmm. And she's also taught herself in the six weeks to wake up and start shouting. So I think there's probably a little bit of two things going on. The quiet time would have her more refreshed, but I don't think it would fix the overall Sleeping problem. At night, waking up at It'd night. It'd make Katie feel good for about half an hour while she was quiet. <laughs> and if you like, just a little <laughs> plug here, Katie. Um, Kindling Kids Radio, um, oh, yes, which we're associated with, we yeah. have, um, they have a fabulous range of meditations for kids, which I use on repeat with my daughter, who is a lot older. She's six and a half, but yeah. they are pitched to children probably yeah. around three. I think so she could So you could, could try it with her. Um, you just search for Bedtime Explorers in your podcasting app and um, see how that goes because they're... There are a few series. Some of them are designed yeah. just to help your child be more mindful and others are designed to get so, them to, to sleep, sleep, which is the ones I like. Yeah, but it sounds <laughs> like she's going to sleep. It's the more when Wake she wakes up, up in, in the middle of the night that seems to be the issue. Okay. Well, Katie, good luck. And remember, you can always come back to us if you need yeah. some more help I'm sorry tweaking. we couldn't be so defined, but she'd actually try the thing we I would suggest that you would do. So really, you're very clever. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to go now to a phone call. We have Annie, who has a little one turning one tomorrow. Congratulations, Hello. Annie. Thanks, Siobhan. Yeah, I'm making her birthday cake as we uh, speak. <laughs> I can't hear Annie. Congratulations. Oh, wait one second. The person who needs to hear you can't hear you very well. Let me just... Uh, do that? Have I just got the wrong headphones? I'm just putting it in. What? What's the cake, Annie? Is it something uh, special? Is it just the number one? No, it's a big rainbow stack. So it's oh. different colours. And then I've been making the Azu um, characters to go on the outside because that's her favourite book. You wow. are <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> I already. Have time already. To do this. 
she when she's okay asleep. Today. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. She's not a sleeper. So, oh. <laughs> and that's what I was ringing up to ask Chris's advice about, because uh, cake baking when she's asleep is not possible. <laughs> um, so, Chris, she, my daughter has always been a bit of a tough sleeper, and we have spent yep. um, some time at QE2 in Canberra, which yep. was great, and got us onto the safe, safe sleep space routine, yep. and got us out of co-sleeping and into padding and shushing in her bed, and yep. sleep has improved, but... Ever since she was really tiny, she has gone down reasonably easy at night um, with some milk either I fed her or my husband gave her bottle. But then after about 40 minutes, almost without fail, she wakes up and goes, that was a lovely nap, mummy, daddy, and now I want to play. And no matter passing, shushing, rocking, We'll help her. (laughs) And an hour and a half, maybe up to three hours later, we're still trying to get her duck down again. Oh. And... Kiwi 2 didn't have any answers for it. Oh, you're kidding? <laughs> no. Well, at um, least we could try and give it a give it a go at answer in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay. Great. So, Annie, tell me, what are her sleep frames in the day? Okay, so she usually wakes up between seven and seven thirty. Yep. Um, she goes down for her first nap about three to three and a half hours later, so around ten ten thirty. Yep. Um, she doesn't sleep for very long at that first sleep, maybe 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then she goes down for her second nap about three to three and a half hours later, so about two. Sometimes yep. we get a little bit longer in that second nap, but it's usually around an hour. There was a, a blip three. yesterday at daycare. She slept for two and a half hours, but uh, that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, so, <laughs> so she yeah, can do usually, it. <laughs> um, she can do it. Usually she's up around 3 um, to 3.30, and yep. we're trying to get her down to bed between 7 and 7.30 after you know, dinner, bath, etc. Perfect. So the timing's right. So that would be the first thing we can check and whether we can move anything to make it a little easier. But... I don't think you could move anything she's doing because she's just hitting those limits on the amount of sleep. Now, what happens when you put her to sleep? So how do you put her to sleep? So we have quiet time winding down for a good half an hour beforehand, bath and some books, sleeping bag, um, closing her curtains into her room with her bunny. um, And we give her a a bottle um, of either express milk or formula, um, but we're just transitioning her to cow's milk at the moment. Um, and she, she'll take, sometimes she drinks a good 250 mil, but more more often she drinks maybe 80 to 100 and then doesn't want any more. Right. And then when she wakes up you know, an hour later, yeah. um, she'll often have what's left um, okay. uh, of, that, of that big so bottle. So do you go in fairly quickly more. to give her that bottle? Um, we do try to let her grizzle a bit and see if she'll self-settle. Yeah. And she's been self-settling occasionally, but I'd say... Uh, she probably often. needs us to go in and help her resettle five nights out of seven. Okay. And what does that resettle look like? Um, initially, it would be patting and shushing and trying to get her to lie back down because she's standing up in her cot um, okay. with a dummy and patting and shushing. Then if she really winds up um, and that's not working, then we would try cuddling her back to calm okay. and passing and shushing in arms and transferring her back. We don't try to give her the bottle straight away, but if we can't give her, can't her the get bottle. her back down. 
yeah. Okay. So what she's getting is the message about when she wakes up. So obviously she's waking up after one sleep cycle, not knowing how yep. to go back to sleep. And, and that's a little bit of a, an offshoot of what's happening through the day. So and she also th- wakes up a few more times at overnight. night. Overnight. Yeah, wants to feed around 2.33 usually. So it's a similar thing. So as you go to fix this 7 o'clock you know, eight o'clock problem, you could also look at mimicking it again at two in the morning and sort of weaning her off those feeds. Yep. And that might help with the consistency of what you're doing because she's doing okay in the day. It gives her a more repeated sequence of learning across the night if we do it there. Um, So do you have to lay her down or is there any point at where she can lay down? She can, she can physically lay down, but she, if I, she just, Stands up and plays in her cot and Is throws she her bunny out. Um, if we leave the room, she escalates to distressed cry really quickly. But oh, if yeah, we're but in the room, that's the talent just... of a one-year-old <laughs> to go from zero to my head is spinning in thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but if we're sitting in there with her, she just kind of chatters and is a bit of a protest shout occasionally. But she's pretty cheerful and standing up and um, mm. you know and crawling around the cot. And throwing things out, and um, I think she's confused as a pl- as whether you're trying to get her to play or whether she's trying to go down. That's one part uh, of it. She's having I've a great tried, time. She's having a great time. I tried lying down on the floor and yeah. her cot and patting the mattress and trying to get her to yeah. lie down near me. And that she does will lie down and put her head down for a few seconds and then jump back up again and okay. crawl around the cot. I think more. you have to leave the leave the room as soon as she's playing. Okay. So probably what I would do, you hear her calling out, um, she's crying, um, she gets to the cry, so you go into her, you try yeah. laying her down, giving her a pat, she probably crawls away and stands up fairly immediately. Yep. And as soon as she stands up, you just say, it's time for sleep, and then I got leave again, because I think the first message is that we're not going to do any more play that you're there to help her go to sleep. We're not there to sit and watch you play. So then okay. I would leave the room and I'd only leave for the first time about a minute because she's a bit confused. Why aren't you staying here and playing with me or letting yep. me play? So I'd give her a minute, then I'd go back in and try again, lay her down, um, shush pat. All the things that you've been doing I think are, uh, are completely fine. But then if she starts playing again, I'd walk out. But this time I might leave her about three minutes then I might go mm-hmm. five minutes so that she gets the message that you're there to help her and it's not an extension of her awake time that's happening in the day. So I think there's a small problem with the resettle generally, but that's probably the history. And now mm-hmm. she's got this, well, I've had a little sleep, so it must be playtime <laughs> now. And because you've sat in the room, she's going, well, it must be playtime because they're looking at me and they're letting me play. So I think the first thing I would do is change the concept of what she thinks you're going to do when you go in there. And so I'm happy to stay in here and pat you and try and get you down to sleep, but we're not going to sit in here and play. And so mm-hmm. each time you leave, you just leave her a little bit longer. And you'll probably find the very smart child, as soon as you open the door, they then start laying down because they know you'll stay if they lay down and that's half the battle is to get her to lay down and once you get her to lay down then you do that sort of push um pat shush and see if we can get her off so I think there's two stages to this one is to give her the message that there's no more playtime now that this is about going to sleep and then Mm -hmm. the second one would be obviously once you get her to calm and quiet that you leave And then hopefully, again, by extending just by a few minutes each time you leave, she'll start to also stay down and stay asleep. 
The only other thing, you said she sleeps from 2 till 3. And then what time do you put her to bed normally? Uh between About seven. seven and seven thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So the timing's right. I don't think we can move the timing very much with it. So I would first change the. So it'll feel like a lot more crying because there's more instances of the crying. But I think mm. she'll get to accept that you're going to help put her to sleep faster in that way. Do you think it would be worth looking at moving her dinner time so that she's more hungry for the full bottle of milk? I don't think that's bed? the problem. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's the milk that's the problem because I think if she cried and you walked in with the bottle and gave her the milk and she took the milk, rolled over and went to sleep, I think you would have done that. I think you would have tried that. So I don't think yeah. it's the food is the problem. I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you sound very switched on, Annie. So yeah. hopefully Chris's um, advice can help Yeah, just tweak it. Wonderful. And I hope she's sleeping for you soon. Oh, fingers crossed. Thank you, Chris. We'll and, give that a try. And, and have fun tonight. tomorrow, huh? We will. (laughs) Thanks, Annie. Thanks so much. Bye bye. We'll be back with more of Chris Minogue's awesome advice right after this. The Parent Panel is now 100% podcast, so you can listen to your favourite parents and laugh along anytime, anywhere. My two daughters have looked at me and said, There are sharks everywhere. I went, Oh, they're reef sharks, darlings. They're vegans. (laughs) I am guilty of handing over an iPad and saying, Hey, watch this. Holy moly, it is so hard. Search for The Parent Panel on Apple, Google, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a question from Ems, who has a 22-month-old. Is there any good age or time to get rid of the dummy? My 22-month-old uses it but only for sleeping. Oh, Ems, I think if they're only using it for sleeping, I usually make the transition along the way of where you would transition into a bed. So I would get rid of the dummy about a month before you think you're going to put them into the bed. Because if you put them into the bed and they still have a dummy, when you take the dummy away from them, they then get out of their bed and walk around to find you. So I think that if you were putting her into a bed around two and a half, which is a good age to think about that transition, um, when she's about two and three months, then I'd start to get rid of the dummy. And in getting rid of the dummy, it's sort of just short, sharp and painful We just tell her on Friday night that there's no more dummies. She's a big girl. She's going to go in her big bed. And then we literally take the dummy away with her. Feel free to use bribery and corruption to get through that day. Um, But don't replace it with something else. But it usually takes one or two days. But I think she needs the security of her cot if we're going to take the dummy away from her and get comfortable with that before you put her into a bed. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. Such a good way of looking at it. Uh, The next question comes from Amy with a three-year-old. Her daughter's bedtime is seven. She naps for about an hour to two hours a day. Some days, no nap at all because she refuses or being there. She wakes at 5 a.m. every morning without fail. The problem is at bedtime, she just cries because she doesn't want to be in bed. She's up and down to the toilet. She's yelling out to us and this goes on roughly until nine every night. Oh, Amy. Uh, That sucks. Um, We do half hour um, quiet time every night before bed. What are we doing wrong? I think she just consistently needs to give up her day sleep would be the easiest way to do this. So Amy, I'd start grading her sleep down. 
Um, so for the next three, four days, I would only give her an hour. I would make sure she was up at two o'clock and then I would put her to bed at 7.30. So I'd start that regulating first so that her body can get used to this. So a couple of days of whatever time she sleeps for you, if you put her down at 12 or put her down at one, she has to be up by two and then put her down at 7.30. And that might regulate her just in general and keep her well rested. Then that one hour becomes a little 40-minute incidental sleep. This is the car and the pram and the I accidentally put on a show that I knew you'd go to sleep in, um, but not in her bed because you're going to a deep sleep and she'll wake up really cranky. And then I think after, you know, maybe about a week of that, then I would actually have a week where you just got rid of the day sleep altogether. So hold on there and you'll put her to bed around that seven o'clock, but very quickly she'll regulate and she'll need to still go to bed at 7.30. So it could be partly that she's going to bed a little bit early, but I suspect it's the amount of sleep she's having in the day that's interrupting her process of going to sleep at night. Okay. Listen, if you're, this is the first time you've joined us on Helpline, whether you're watching us live on Facebook on a Friday or you're catching us catching up on us listening via podcast, there's a number of ways you can ask your questions to Chris. Live, you just pop your question below us on the Facebook page. We are live at 11 a.m. <laughs> Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Hopefully I've got that right. Nope, Elise is shaking her head. 11.30 a.m. Chris, yeah. you could have told me I was wrong. Well, I was so trying to work Join out. us live at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time and pop your questions below then. You can call us at the same time on 1-800-543-772. This is one of the best ways to speak to Chris because then she can sort of talk to you and you can go back and forth. Um, the other way, of course, is to email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. So there's a number of ways you can get in touch and we'll try to get to as many questions as we can. Um, the next question comes from Renee, who has an 11 and a half month old. I can count how many times my son has slept through the night since he was born and it's not more than five. And that's on one hand. Eek. We went on holiday oh, for a month darling. in December and he slept in the same room as us and we broke a few of the sleep rules like rocking to sleep. Yeah. He used to go to sleep in his cot without much of a fight and while on holiday he still woke one to two times at night. Since we got back, he screams at the top of his lungs for oh. all naps and wakes two to three times at night. We tried a version of the pick-up-put-down method, yeah. but that just did not work and got really exhausting for us as we are back at work. He has also started two days at daycare a week ago, which he is still adjusting to. I'm not sure what to do and started looking into sleep school for him. Ooh. Am I rushing in too soon with sleep school? Does he need time adjusting to daycare and being back in his cot? We've been back for two weeks now. It's been really tough since I'm back at work after maternity leave. One other thing I did not add is that he's teething. His two top teeth popped out today. So there's a lot going on. So, But overall, the essence of what you're saying here um, is that he hasn't slept well for 11 and a half months. So I think it is time, especially as there's lots going on for you. You've gone back to work. He's at daycare. You both, everyone in the whole family is exhausted. I actually think the quickest way to fix this would be looking at, not sure where you live, but looking at some assistance to help him go to sleep. If he had a good day routine, we could manage that through the night. We could have some clues, but it sounds like it's an overall 
um, attachment to sleep and what he considers sleep cues. So in this case, I think someone sitting down with you and looking at what this whole family needs and the cue signs that he gets and adjusting that through to a pattern that everyone could, you know, reasonably do to help him settle and settle on his own and sleep better would be a good idea. And I think by the time you investigate that and then get an appointment to to have someone um, do a consultation or to go to sleep school, he will have settled into daycare. So I think the timing will be fine in terms of daycare starting, but I think with something this big where none of the sleeps have any, um, he's not independently sleeping on any of the sleeps, I think something like a sleep school or Tresillian Karatani or the appropriate um, version of that in your state would be the way to go with this because I think it requires someone really sitting down and looking at what's going on for you and your family and then helping you bring those steps into giving him a better sleep behaviour. All right. Good luck, Sorry Renee. about that. Roseanne says, my two-year-old loves to suck on the teat on his bottle. Even when nothing is in it, he just carries it around with him. How can I get him out of this habit and why does he do this? He gave up his dummy over 16 months ago. Roseanne, there's a very quick answer for this. It's very short. Just throw the bottles out. So he's just got used to using the bottle teat as a dummy. So I think if you use that in the same mindset that you use the dummies, then I think the answer to this is a two-year-old with nothing in a bottle. He doesn't need to be carrying something around in his mouth. So again, he's a two-year-old. So I would say to him, you know, tomorrow we're not going to have any more bottles. It's time for the bottles to go. So you've warned him that something's going to happen. Don't just take them away from him. And I think in this case, if he's carrying something around in his mouth, he's very tactile and you might need to replace it with a little bunny or something that he can attach to, but that he doesn't carry it in his mouth. So not something that he can replace the teat with the ear of a bunny, but something that gives him a bit more comfort. But in this case, I just get rid of the bottles. Right. There yeah, you just, go. just short, Straight sharp and get rid of the bottles. <laughs> yep. There you go. Hope that helps, Roseanne. This question comes from Carlin, who has an eight and a half month old. Right. He is now in the 100th percentile and very into solids with three meals a day and morning tea. I usually breastfeed sometime between 4 and 5.30 when he wakes, as otherwise it's almost impossible to resettle him, though he's tired, particularly if it's closer to the 4 a.m. Partly because there is noise in the house from about 4.45 to 5 with hubby going to work. If he wakes at other times at night, I resettle resettle by patting or firm hands on the body and head. Sometimes it works in five minutes. Other times it takes a really long time. I stopped nursing him multiple times at night about two months ago, but that one feed got reinstated about a month ago just to get some more sleep. He always feeds for 20 minutes at night and feeds to sleep. In the day, in the I, evening, I'm assuming that yeah, means that's yeah. at night. In the day, I often give him a small top-up breastfeed at six to seven a.m. Sometimes a morning breastfeed, but I'm phasing it out, and he has a mid-afternoon breastfeed. Then two months ago, I started giving him a bottle of formula before bed instead of a breastfeed. He has oh. been between 180 to 200. He has between 180 to 240 oh, okay. mils, depending on time since dinner and hunger. 
I want to wean him completely by around 12 months. Am I right to breastfeed around 4, 5.30 a.m. or is that confusing him and causing more crying wake-ups earlier in the night? Also, should I reinstate the mid-morning breastfeed? Yes. <laughs> the That's answer the to answer. that very last bit. There you go. So let's look at um, an eight and a half, nine-month-old. So he's so close to nine months. I think I'd give you the information about a nine-month-old. So a nine-month-old usually has three milk feeds in the day and three meals in the day and usually one snack. So that's the first thing I'd be looking at. So if you're giving him a morning bottle, uh, only the evening's a bottle. So mm-hmm. a morning breastfeed, six, seven o'clock in the morning, a lunchtime breastfeed around 12, one o'clock, and then an evening bottle is around... Uh, is usually 240 meals and he's having three meals in the day. You've ticked all the boxes that he is fed as to the best of your ability. So technically he doesn't require that 4am breastfeed. But if he's actually sleeping really well till 4am and then you're just giving one quick breastfeed, I would wean him off that breastfeed as opposed to just take it away. So the answer to the question is no, he doesn't need that. Um, But I can sort of see why you would do that. And what I would do is just start giving him only one side. And he might have that one side for um, about five minutes or six minutes. And then you've got to decrease the time he has that breastfeed. But somewhere in here, it tells us that he has a breastfeed for 20 minutes at night. So is that the evening that we think that might be? Because a 20-minute breastfeed usually tells us that he's not getting enough milk because an eight-month-old probably feeds for about 10 minutes on average, on average for a feed. So you'd have to look at where that fits in. But I have a feeling that 20-minute one is the one at four o'clock in the morning and he feeds to sleep. And so the second part of this is we need to stop him from feeding to sleep because that's what's making it difficult to wean him off um, the behaviour overnight. So if I've read this right, he's now getting a bottle in the evening of 180 mils to 200 mils. You can pop that up to about 240 nice and easily. He needs about two hours gap between his dinner and that bottle for him to take both really well. And that if that feed overnight of 20 minutes is the one at four o'clock in the morning, you need to start weaning it back before you then resettle him through that feed and try and get him to sleep overnight. Right. Well, good luck with that, complicated. I would recommend if you are able to join us at 11.30 (laughs) a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time that you do give us a call. Yeah. Um, Because then I think Chris can give you a few, A little bit more. So we'll be back on Friday next week if that's how you want to make contact with us. And the number, if you want to do that, is 1-800-543-772. Now we have time for one last question and this is coming from Fiona. Fiona has a 13 month old. Hi Fiona, how are you? Hi ladies, good, how are you? Good, thank you. you. Chris, really quickly, um, I've just tried to transition my little one to to his one sleep. Yes. Um, And we're, I rang last week, we're moving house. So we're slowly doing it, doing the one hour in the morning. Yep. Shorten that. His afternoon nap, he goes down now at 1.30 and sleeps till 3. I don't know if that's long enough. It's only an hour and a half, but uh, then, it's long enough in that in a month's time you'll only be having one sleep. Yep, okay, cool. Yeah. And then bed at seven. I yep. was wondering if that's right because he's up from three to seven. That's like four hours. Yeah, that's right. 
That's okay, great. Yeah, because next month when he moves to one sleep, Yes, we'll he'll be, be he'll be up for five hours in the morning and about five five and a half in the afternoon. Yeah, great. Now my other little thing to throw in there is we're moving house again this like this weekend. Yes, and I'm just wondering new room, new everything because it's yes. a whole new environment. Yeah, is there is this going to upset his sleep? And is there anything I can do to help minimise that so. disruption? Yeah. So generally not. It won't upset his sleep. Okay. As long as what I suggest to parents is that. You look at the room you're going to put him in in the new house. Yeah. And can you mimic the positioning of the cot and the furniture similar to where he is now? <sighs> to be honest, I can't remember because I haven't, it's a rental, so I haven't <laughs> been there for a while, right? And I really didn't look at that, but I think I may be able to. You know, just sort of position. So the first thing is I get his room set up straight away. So it's the last thing in the truck and it's the first thing out of the truck. And then while they're unloading everything else, you can rearrange to the best of your ability familiar things in the room that were familiar to him in his last room. And then you just stick to this routine that you've been doing. He's one hour and he's one and a half in the afternoon. Yep. And you do it from day one of getting there. So if he, for instance, went and stayed at grandma's for two days so you could shift house and get it sorted, that would throw the pattern out. Oh, she does. Okay. All right. So you want to transition him straight away, like if you can, straight away. So if you moved in the morning, the afternoon sleep would be in his cot in the afternoon. So there wasn't... There wasn't sort of more cluttered sleeps in between. Uh, okay, all right. So on that Saturday, I'm just going to have to, they're going to move in the morning and then the afternoon nap he can have at home. That's why his cot's the last to go on and the first yep. to come off. Okay. If you can do it right. that if way, I, can. I think it'll make the transition a little bit easier than him yep. being away for a couple of days and then coming back to a completely oh, different Oh, no, it won't room. be days. It'll just be like that day, if anything, like the two sleeps, you know, the morning and afternoon we'll sleep. Be at and then at night, yeah, and then at night he'll be in his cot. You could give it a try mm-hmm. as long as he's not tired by the time you go down in the cot at night. Okay. So if, you, if, if grandma keeps him nice and calm and, you know, he's getting the sleep, he should be able to manage it. Manage it's just it, yeah. nice if one of the day sleeps was there so that by the time the night came along, he was he's familiar to the room than coming home from grandma's at five, having dinner, a bath, and then, oh, where's this room? Yeah, okay, right. Okay. Yeah. And I thought maybe I could even take him a few days beforehand to the house. Yeah, and pl- have little stuff, plays have play in, the in the room. Yeah, just, put a box of his no... toys in there. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Just so he can kind of get used to it. Yeah, that's very right. Different. Okay, yeah. great. Perfect. Uh, we'll try that. Thank you so much. You ladies are awesome. I love your show so much. <laughs> we Thanks, love you Fiona. too, Fiona. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's all we have time for Helpline and this episode of Feed Play Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you for all of your questions. We hope that helps you all. If you're listening to us via the Feed Play Love podcast, you can email us your questions for the next episode. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Chris, thanks so much for your time. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And see you next week. Next time on Feed, Play, Love, we're talking to Emma Walsh, Executive Officer of Parents at Work. We all have to come up with a strategy around how, how we're going to deal with it emotionally ourselves and um, how is it, you know, what's our threshold for it too? Because I don't want people feeling like they just have to get on with it 
pull on the big girl pants or whatever and keep going. Because if it's really affecting you that deeply and you're really feeling quite paralyzed because these emotions are really pulling you really strong back to your child, then you should really listen to yourself. Emma has lots of tips on how to make the transition back to work after maternity leave. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.